Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj. Hope you're all having a good day. Wanted to get into some of the upcoming prospects of the NFL Draft in 2021. Now, the 2021 NFL Draft will be held in Cleveland this year, and they will um, do it with a combination of in-person attendance at various locations and I think for other prospects who aren't able to come they will be able to like call in and do the remote remote kind of live stream and be able to enjoy that way but the NFL is planning to have the draft in person this year uh, obviously with fans from each teams uh, fully vaccinated and like I said Cleveland is a, such a beautiful city never been there by myself but Heard so many great things about Cleveland, obviously, throughout the years. So, they're going to have it at various locations um, where, you know, they'll have a stage and, you know, players will be able to, you know, at least walk up the stage and have that moment um, that, obviously, last year the virtual draft was a success with, you know, a lot of combinations of just Roger Goodell bringing awareness and attention to a lot of things. And it worked out pretty well. You got to see all these like prospects really enjoy the moment at home with their families. Um, but now we have some kind of audience, you know, in attendance, which would be nice uh, the way it was a couple of years ago. So that's a great thing that will be happening. But I want to get into some of the prospects that will be obviously walking the stage on the NFL Draft upcoming in April 29. It's a long way to go, but I want to break down some prospects. Talk about some names that we'll see probably go off the board and describe like you know the best fits for these these prospects, which teams will really benefit from getting a player. Obviously, NFL free agency has kind of like finished up almost. I mean, there are some really late good free agents out there that are yet to be signed, but a lot of teams have addressed their needs and are looking for the draft now. Where we know there's always trades or there's teams moving up to get a quarterback or a wide receiver or a player. And that's likely to happen again this year. So looking at it, the first prospect I want to talk about is Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is a dynamic wide receiver out of LSU. Jamar is just like, you know, the you know prototypical wide receiver that we've seen uh, in years past. And Jamar Chase is coming from a wide receiving group in LSU, which had... You know, Odell Beckham at one time, you know, Jarvis Landry, you know, Justin Jefferson. So, Jamar Chase is coming from a pretty good company in LSU, or, you know, coming from a very good list of wide receivers that have played for LSU. Um, And, you know, Jamar Chase sat out last year due to just the pandemic and to kind of focus on the NFL, like, focus on his NFL career, like, you know, getting ready for the NFL. And he is someone who definitely is looking to make a mark in the league, uh, really step up and, and show what he's got. And, you know, with LSU, he's, uh, he, he really thrived. He really thrived with Joe Burrow and Joe Brady a couple of years ago when they won the national championship. Um, I think the national championship or, yeah, I think that's what it was. And so... Uh, Jamar Chase has it all. I mean, in terms of his 
ability to make plays. He can separate. He can definitely separate and make plays after the catch. And there's a lot of highlights of him doing that. You know, so he's a playmaker after the ball. And there's a lot of teams that I think would definitely need to kind of make a move for him. Even though he didn't play last year, he still has a lot of good speed to him. Um, and his route running is tremendous in terms of separation from from the rest. So, you know, with Joe Burrow and LSU, he had a great amount of success in terms of, like, getting the deep ball. And he is someone who can go up there and get you that 50-50 ball that a quarterback throws up in the air. I mean, time and time again, he's made acrobatic catches with his athleticism. And I think that, you know, he can definitely be his matchup off, like, the first contact. So, in the NFL, we know that wide receivers obviously have to be really good with their hands and their like first initial contact with DBs and Chase has that ability to do so you know he's he's 6 you know 200 I think pounds uh, he's definitely got the ability to be physical as well after you know with the ball in his hands um, but the, the best thing about him is obviously his route running his ability to go up and get the deep ball and he, he can hit the home run play a couple of times, but the biggest thing is that he can separate. And we know that that's what it's all about, you know, being able to go up for your quarterback, find the open spots. Uh, I think that uh, Jamar Chase is going to bring that. I mean, he could be a day one star possibly in the NFL, depending on the situation he goes to. He could really do a good job overall. Um, looking at it, you know, I think that there are some teams that definitely should um, pursue him. Obviously, drafting him in, in, the, you know, in the first round. I think the Miami Dolphins make a lot of sense uh, from the sense that, look, they are obviously building around Tua. And now the Dolphins may also be interested in Devonta Smith, who had a great year this past year you know, with Alabama. But Jamar Chase, with the ability to, like, stretch the field, to stretch the field and make plays after the catch. I think Tua, with, you know, Will Fuller there, Devontae Parker, I think the Dolphins definitely should consider drafting him as the number third overall pick. Um, now, like I said, most teams may feel comfortable with the wide receivers they have, um, and they may be looking to get some depth, but... I think for Jamar Chase, he would be a day one starter. And I think Miami definitely needs somebody who can, like, make plays down the field. Devontae Parker is a nice player. So is Will Fuller. But I think they're going to need more to really, like, challenge some of the DBs um, there in the AFC East. And I think that Jamar Chase would be a really good fit um, for the Miami Dolphins. Now, going back to LSU for a second, like, look at his 2019 season. It was pretty incredible. I mean, he had over 1,780 yards receiving. He had 20 touchdowns. So, he can definitely put the ball in the end zone. He can definitely make the catches. Um, Obviously, at the next level, the more important thing is to see how he does in terms of his, like, agility and, you know, being able to withstand contact. That will be the thing that will be interesting to watch with Jamar Chase is how... How well is he, you know, after all, he hasn't been in football for over a year. And he, he's been training out, yes, um, preparing his body for the, for the, 
you know, for the NFL. But we know that there's a big difference between that and like actual game action. So he's gonna have to really show up and and do a good job in terms of like showing all of his abilities in terms of like route running and separation. Um, and like I said, he's obviously very young, 21, a lot of upside potentially, and he has a chance to be as great as Odell Beckham, you know, Jarvis Landry, uh, Ben Jefferson, even more better than those guys possibly. So comes down to Jamar Chase really being able to like be efficient and effective as possible. So the Dolphins make sense because they need playmakers. I think the Philadelphia Eagles actually are a spot that he may end up going to uh, because the Eagles definitely don't have a whole lot of wide receiving help there. And Jalen Hurts is their quarterback as of right now. You got to give him weapons. You got to give him weapons and give him Jamar Chase who have a chance to really do well um, with Hurts obviously being able to throw the ball deep. And that would be, be a really good combination if Jamar Chase ends up falling to the Eagles. That would be a great fit for him as well, you know. So he's someone that they should definitely consider. And then I'll say the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions obviously lost Kenny Galladay in free agency. Jared Goff is your quarterback there. He needs to be successful somehow this year. Uh, gotta give, give him a, a weapon there on the outside. And Jamar Chase might be the one that they need to like get in there. And he obviously will get a lot of chances to be the focal point on the offense. So that would be a great fit as well for Jamar Chase. So the next prospect that I want to talk about is a tight end out of Florida, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitt is 6'6", 240 pounds. Uh, he had a blistering 40-yard dash in his workout a 4.46 and so he appeared in about eight games last year um, I think due to just a little bit of the health and injuries and something along those lines but he, he appeared in like you know a decent amount of games la- uh, last year and overall in his career he spent three years with Florida where he had over a thousand four nine four nine two receiving yard 18 touchdowns um, Kyle Pitts is a really intriguing prospect in this year's NFL draft. One, because of his frame and his size, he can play in multiple positions. So I think a lot of times throughout the games this year, he lined up in the slot, on the outside, and on the line. So Kyle Pitts is very, like, you know, he can be used in a variety of ways with his size and his ability. Uh, he can line up anywhere and make some good, good, good plays. Um, and we're on the football field. He's got great hands and he's very good in the red zone. He can find the soft zone in the coverage, get open. Obviously his size gives him a huge advantage because obviously tackling him is tough. Uh, with, the, with his height advantage and his frame size, he can really make a lot of plays, contested catches. Um, and his change of direction, his change of direction, his speed is really what um, it's going to help him at the next level because we know that tight ends obviously off the release have to be quick and efficient and I think that Kyle Pitts has it. I mean he can just really get to his point, get open and his speed will do him well. 
obviously with the NFL, you know, speed and how 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 it is in in the game itself. I think he can definitely translate that well enough to the next level. Um, like the 18 touchdowns over the years, and he really made Florida a really good offense this year. This ability to make really good catches and key moments. So, you know, it's kind of rare to see a tight end go in the top 10. It's happened before, although I don't really remember when it did happen, to be honest. You know, tight ends are really, really good in certain situations. Obviously, it's like a quarterback's best friend, like a safety blanket to have a tight end. Um, and I think he's a really good prospect. I mean, as a he can you know play out on the you know as a wide receiver, go up deep, and he has that size that will also give him an advantage of obviously withstanding a lot of big hits in the middle of the field. Um, he's kind of a mold of Kelsey and Gronk. Um, I think that he's probably going to be some version of that. I mean, he could be like George Kittle, possibly also with his speed and his size. I think that. That's a really good comparison for him as well. So looking at it, there's a lot of teams that obviously will be looking for offensive line help or defensive help. So for a tight end, as good as he is, uh, there's a chance that he may not go early. Uh, It remains to be seen. It remains to be seen only because, you know, the draft is so interesting in terms of like certain players sometimes are projected to go high. And then they end up going like, you know, probably lower than expected. So I look at the current draft, like positions and things along those natures. And, you know, the Eagles have an interesting choice to make. They may be able to have a choice between, you know, Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts. Um, And, I mean, both options are really appealing to them. But the Eagles definitely need pass-catching help in any way they can to be competitive the next year in the NFC East. So, I mean, if they are going to go the route of Kyle Pitts, I mean, they obviously have to keep in mind that like all they have is Jalen Rager there. Jalen Rager, Greg Ward. I mean, the Eagles' wide-receiving corps don't look that great. Um, so, And obviously, Zach Ertz isn't going to be there long-term. So, they would have a need for a tight end. Um, so that's a possible spot for Kyle Pitts, and he would definitely make that offense somewhat better. I mean, Jalen Hurts would definitely have a good weapon in Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. But that's an interesting choice the Eagles have if they are left with Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. Now, the Atlanta Falcons could take him at number four. Um, that's possible. Obviously, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons did used to have a really good tight end, Jalen Hurst, and they do need production from that spot on the field as well. But, I mean, the Atlanta Falcons have a lot of holes to address, and I wouldn't be surprised if they go quarterback or they go, you know, offensive line. I mean, they they may do that. So, I think a really good spot for, for Kyle Pitts, if he falls uh, after the top 10, would be the L.A. Chargers. Now, the L.A. Chargers did sign Jared Cook. To a one-year deal and Jared Cook is a really good player obviously a veteran in this league but Chargers did lose Hunter Henry in, in free agency and you know as good as Jared Cook might be with Herbert and this offense 
I mean, if you have a chance to get a player like Kyle Pitts, I think the Chargers should take that player. Now, they are obviously trying to prioritize the offensive line, the defense as well. But if Kyle Pitts falls to the Chargers, I think they should take him. I think they should take him. He will obviously be a huge help to Herbert, um, be able to really have great impact on that offense. And the Chargers definitely need a lot of pass catching help. I look at the AFC West and just loaded with the wide receivers and talent everywhere. Um, so it's going to be really hard. you got to score points. And the Chargers don't want to be left behind. So I think that they got a chance. If Kyle Pitts falls past the Atlanta Falcons and the Eagles, um, I think that the next viable spot for him would be the LA Chargers, who have a have a, a really good pick, you know. They, they have the 13th pick um, in the draft. So that would be a great fit for him. Like I said, it's probably going to be tough to see him go past the top 10 because of his talent and obviously the way he looked right now in his you know, workout and his 40-yard dash. Um, but I just think that a lot of teams are going to prioritize picking up like the defense and the offensive linemen first and the wide receivers they can get. And I think Kyle Pitts will be the first tight end to come off the board. There's no doubt about that. But it's a good chance that if, he pass, if, he, if he's passed you know, pass by Atlanta, Passed by Philadelphia, I think I could really see him ending up going after the 11th pick or 12th pick to the Chargers. Um, and Chargers definitely should take him uh, and, and, and make that move because he is a really good talent um, that I think will only get better and better. Um, and he seems he has that prototypical size for the NFL. Um, he's got the production, the ability there to do the great things. And he would definitely help out Herbert in that offense take the next jump, possibly next year. So, I'm going to finish up with this segment about uh, a really uh, exciting player on the rise in women's college basketball. And she might just be getting started because you know she's a sophomore, um, but you know she's definitely been a really good player all year long. Um, and the school that she plays for, I mean, a lot of people probably don't know about, or obviously the SEC always comes first, Pac-12, Big 12, ACC. Um, but there are some really nice schools that have some really solid players that are really doing well and do end up making it to the WNBA from there. So the player that I'm referring to is Kirsten Bell, Kirsten Bell uh, for the Florida Gulf Coast Eagles, 6'1", age 21. Uh, she's a really a unique player that has been on an incredible journey um, from high school. You know, she's really been a solid player and I've talked about many up and coming players in women's college basketball and you know also WNBA and so Kirsten Bell is someone just like Ozzy Fudd who has a uh, you know great story great um, things are said about her but Ozzy Fudd is you know obviously getting to play with UConn next year uh, with Paige, you know, Paige Breaker there. But for Florida Gulf Coast, um, Kirsten Bell has really done a tremendous job of uh, just being able to be part of a program that 
really had a good season this year. Uh, they had won 25 straight games in a row before falling, I think, yesterday in the in the you know women's March Madness bracket. Um, but she obviously, uh, you know, was looking for an opportunity at an early age to like go to a really good school, and a lot of athletes you know, strive and want to go to those big schools um, like Ohio State, you know, like Purdue, like North Carolina, like Duke, uh, BYU, Rutgers. Um, But, you know, every player has a different kind of journey about them, the way that they're able to, like, build their basketball career. And Kirsten Bell is someone who really... uh, found her love for basketball playing at a smaller school. So she started out at Ohio State in her freshman year um, in 2019 and 2020. She transferred to Florida Gulf Coast University as a sophomore. And so it was a big decision for her, um, but she was looking at herself and looking at her situation and you know, it's not that she didn't love the Ohio State University or the team, but she just felt like she wanted to be at a smaller school where she could like focus on things, take care of her priorities, and she made it work. She made it work in a unique way. So, you know, had her first year at Ohio State, you know, thought about certain things about the team, about her future there, and decided to make the jump and go go to Florida Gulf Coast University where you know, obviously not a top uh, school in terms of basketball every year uh, and not one of those universities that's known, but she went there knowing that she could really be herself, be able to operate in an environment where, you know, not too much pressure put on onto you. Um, not that no athlete, athletes do face pressure when they have to perform, but I think that situation with her was like she just really wanted to be there with her teammates, being able to be part of a program that's in a you know building stage, and so she, uh, you know, being there this past year as a sophomore. I mean, what a tremendous job she did! She broke many records as a player, um, in scoring, rebounding, assisting, and she really was doing her best every night. Uh, to get this team to win games, and they went on an incredible run. Like I said, they won I think 25 games in a row. Um, they had a streak going on until it ended yesterday. Player of the year, um, you know, very special in her talent. I mean, she's uh, you know has the ability to you know, match up well, play well, and I think she's just getting started. I think she will be back for another season uh, with Florida, you know, with the Florida Gulf Coast Eagles, and she's going to be a player to watch out for. As, as we've seen, like, there are many players that are obviously shining right now in the March uh, Madness Tournament for the women, and, you know, it's all about them getting the necessary attention and respect that they deserve. And with the young generation of players that are coming into college basketball, uh, it's just only going to get better and better for her. Um, so, you know, she is from, you know, Canton, Ohio. She grew up watching LeBron James. Uh, she loved playing basketball on the streets a lot. Uh, she got better and better in every aspect of her game. Obviously, 
LeBron being there in Ohio. She was able to, like, do well in front of him one time in the game. So, like, they've always been, like, kind of linked to each other in terms of, like, LeBron and her, you know, in terms of, like, being in Ohio, being in the same state, um, you know. So she obviously was inspired by him, and she definitely is continuing to do great um, with her teammates, her coaches who talk about her, even about her leadership, her style. Um, she knows how to bring it every single game. And she had a pretty good debut as well in her March Madness tournament. You know, so overall, like, you know, she's just been so efficient. And, I mean, it is kind of tough that, you know, she wasn't able to have a longer run in the March Madness tournament. Uh, but she's a player that, someone to watch. I mean, along with, like, some of the others that are coming up in the game, she's definitely someone that... Uh, gonna do a lot of good things you know playing the guard position that she plays being able to shoot the range get taller and size you know she's obviously going to continue to get better and better as a player um and she's already said broken many records as a player as a shooter as a scorer um and you know she's obviously bringing this program along with other players to the top to the top So it continues to be a fascinating story, and I think that obviously it will be more and more great stories to share about some of these great players in the March Madness uh, Women Tournament. Um, but she is one that I think that when it's all said and done, she'll be really, really special. Uh, she'll do big things in the WNBA. Obviously, we know that a lot of players are coming up with multiple kind of skills and the size. And just because they play women's basketball, just because she's not in a big school, doesn't mean that she can't have success. And she's proving that. Being at a small school here uh, in Florida Gulf Coast, uh, she's making her mark. She's making her mark as a player, as a person. Like I said, a lot of people just need uh, the right situation, the right kind of uh, atmosphere to grow. And you know, she made the best basketball decision for herself when she had to go to a smaller school and transfer to a smaller school. Um, and so a lot of players who don't go for the top big schools, they still have a way to like pursue their basketball careers, get better, uh, learn different things about themselves in the process. And I think that um, throughout her time at Florida Gulf Coast so far, I think she's really been able to win a lot of people's uh, hearts. Obviously, she continues to expand upon her game more and more every year. And this team will definitely be a team that will be relevant because of her and the way they're building this program. So, I mean, she's a player to watch out for, Kirsten Bell, Florida Gulf Coast University. And there's a great story um, on theundefeated.com about her and her, like, passion, her journey to where she is today. Um, And even though, you know, Florida Gulf Coast is now out of the March Madness tournament. She's still going to be a name to be talked about um, in basketball basketball for years to come. And we'll definitely see a, a lot of her continue to do great things in the scoring and being able to uh, be a leader and hopefully be able, to, be able to use her platform just like many other women players have been able to do um, as the years go on.